Welcome to the Think Kingdom Podcast. I am Marcus Loney, the Creative Arts Director here at Think Kingdom. This is week five of Filters, Sing Through a Kingdom Lens. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's Word has for us with our lead pastor, Antoine Lassiter. Uh, let's just get right into the Word of God. We are in our series, uh, Filters, Sing Through a Kingdom Lens. Uh, we started in um, the book of Matthew uh, Matthew 5 and 1 all the way to the 13th verse. But blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek and the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Any hungry people in here? And then we're going to focus on blessed are the merciful, uh, for they shall receive mercy. So we are just a little over halfway through the Beatitudes, a kingdom lens. These are churchy terms, but seeing through a kingdom lens is basically another way to say to be biblical, like the whole Bible, you know, not the parts that you like and the other part that we read over, the whole Bible, and being led by the Spirit. Whose Spirit? The Holy Spirit. And so we cannot lose focus that all of us can see unless there is an impairment that prevents you to, in seeing. So I've been wearing glasses since sixth grade. And uh, thank God for modern technology, because if I took my glasses off now, everyone in this room would disappear. Um, so what we can see uh, what we see can be determined how we see. So what we talked about a few weeks ago um, about the word bless, and it actually means happy. Happy is one of those words that have taken a beating because of the definition. And so happiness, uh, happiness sometimes to a believer is so worldly and out there. Um, and so I just want to paint this picture for you so I can just dive right into my message, but there appears on the surface a disconnect between being holy and happy. But that's not so. But if you define happy how the world defines happy, you're right. Holy doesn't mean you're miserable. So, so sometimes when we talk about being holy, we act as if it's a burden. When we are Christians, we have his spirit, so it's not a burden for us. Okay, maybe it is. Um, so if we define happiness by the world's standard, you're right. But if we define it the way God sees it, you can be happy and holy. Because if happiness is a response to what's happening around me, that's the worldview, then a Christian worldview of happiness is what's happening in me. The difference is the happenings around me, um, worldly, uh, it makes me rejoice. So if I get a new car, if I hit the billion dollar lottery a couple weeks ago, I'm happy. Those are the things that are happening around me. But in the hands of God, everything that happens around me is, is molding me into his image. Therefore, I can be happy knowing that God is sovereign. And if he allowed it, it's for my good. 
So if we react to the temporary feelings of pleasure because of what is happening around me that's worldly, uh, but in the master's hands, he's allowing whatever happens to me to mold me into his image. Therefore, I'm happy because as a believer, I understand that my whole life is God's involvement, his intervention, his interruption. His interruption uh, calls me to be forgiven of my sins, my negative thinking. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, I'm a new creation. So I want you to think about that for a moment. In the king's heart is the Lord, is the hand of the Lord as the river's water, and he turns it however he sees fit. He can shape me and shift me, and this is why the believer can be holy and happy, because we're happy because God is sovereign. My happiness is not determined by what happens to me, because what happens to me is shaping the core of who I am. I'm building something. So the great refiner, the great redeemer, the great restorer, old becomes new, new life, new life. And that is the believer's cry. Everything that happens to us is for our good. So that's why this paradoxical statement of blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. It contradicts culture. Blessed are those who mourn, for they should be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I think um, Pastor Ramon said it last week, but it bears mentioning or being reminded of it. The first four, one, two, three, four, poor in spirit, those who mourn, uh, those who are meek and humble, those who, are hunger, uh, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uh, that deals with our relationship with God. But the next four deal with our relationship with each other and our duties and responsibilities to other people. In other words, God is concerned about us and him and us and them. God never isolates us to the point where we walk with our nose high as if we have it together. Being poor in spirit is the backdrop for everything, recognizing that I am a disgusting person without God is the backdrop to all of this. Recognizing my own spiritual brokenness and my humbled dependence on God for everything. We need God, whether it's a pandemic or years of prosperity, we need God. Whether I'm successful or struggling does not determine if I need God more or less. Let's settle this. If you're here, you and I need God, period. We are so afflicted and unable to save ourselves, we look to God for salvation. So we belong beside the worst person that we can think of because that's us. Luke chapter 18, verse 10. I'm going somewhere. Just bear with me. There's two men in the temple. Both of them went to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. I'm reading fast because i got somewhere to go. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. 
I'm not like that guy. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing afar off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but striking his chest and saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. In this moment, we see that if we're not careful, remember, we talked about resisting the pride. God resists the proud. The reason why, because the proud becomes this self-righteous person that all of a sudden, you're the standard and not God. So he says, listen, um, um, I need you to hear this. We need to be dependent on Jesus like baby Aniko is to Jael and Josiah. It's the baby is crying and, and the baby waits for the parent to respond. That's dependency. So Jesus goes against all we have been taught by the world. And again, this is the recap, but he establishes what the kingdom is and how God operates. The kingdom is given to those who are humble enough to accept it. Matthew chapter 5 verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So remember we're shifting from the four beatitudes, our relationship with God, to now focus on our relationship with others. Mercy is extended to an offender in the form of forgiveness, or to the suffering in the form of healing or other comfort. Mercy is compassionate treatment of those in distress. Whether the distress is caused by the guilt or penalty of sin, or by a debilitating physical condition, mercy is there to help. Mercy is the quality is a quality of God found in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. We show mercy, but mercy has been extended to us first. Mercy begets mercy. When we see mercy from a kingdom lens, we recognize that God's mercy has been extended to us. And because God's mercy has been extended to me, I give mercy to you. But in a culture where you get back when people hurt you, that's counterintuitive. We want to hurt people who hurt us. Not you, but I heard some people that live in your neighborhood that's almost almost at your house, but not necessarily you. Mercy begets mercy. Mercy comes from a heart that has first felt its spiritual bankruptcy. Brokenness leads to receiving mercy from God and extending it to others. The power to show mercy is the realization that we owe everything we are 
fault. The power to show mercy is the realization that we owe everything we are and everything we have to God's intervention. So being merciful is nurtured with a proper view of God knowing that we owe everything to him. When we see our own need for mercy, it should be the means in which we look at everyone else who needs it and grants, and grants it. When we are blind to our own needs, think poor in spirit, mourning over our own sins, being humble and being hungry and thirsty. When we are blind to our own sins, it leads to entitlement. I don't have to do nothing. This posture that we take in our lack of extending mercy should not be the testimony of the saints. Uh, I recently, uh, recently was listening to this, uh, I think this podcast or something about, uh, there's a movement called the right to repair. These little things, uh, they're so expensive, they're so, uh, so minute and small and intricate that sometimes it's easier just to pick up another one and not repair the old one. And so uh, that's how some of us do relationships. It is easier to just move on uh, from the old relationship so we keep rediscovering new friends. And the common denominator, sir, ma'am, is us. Instead of taking the time to repair relationships, we just cancel. We get upset and we just cancel. No one extends mercy. And so Luke chapter 10, and this is the truth. I know pastors say this a lot, but I'm almost finished. Luke chapter 10, verse 30. Jesus took up the question of a man was asking Jesus a question. He was trying to trap Jesus. That's, he, he didn't know who Jesus was, so Lord bless his heart. So, so Jesus took up the question and said, so the man asked Jesus prior to, like, who's my neighbor? So Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him and beat him up and fled, leaving him half dead. The priest happened to be going down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan on his journey came up to him, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. He went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave, him, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. When I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The one who showed mercy to him, he said. And Jesus told him, go and do the same. Everybody say, but. So when you see but, it uh, changes the previous uh, sentence or a series of sentences. So you have a priest and a Levite, and they were men of renown, and they, they worked in the temple. And Jesus made the point to tell this story, identifying not who the man was, but their position. Priest and a Levite. But then you have the Samaritan. You have the Samaritan um, 
who they did not get along with uh, the Jews. They were called half-breeds. They were just, it was horrible. It was, they didn't like each other. So, but Jesus puts this Samaritan in the center of this story. He overlooks, the priest and the Levite overlook the man who needed mercy, moved on the other side and kept it moving. But the Samaritan, you know, the one that shouldn't have cared, cared. First point, mercy is seeing. He saw the man. You cannot extend mercy to anyone you don't see. You can't see. The reason why this is important, let me slow it down in my conceited voice, that the reason why this is important is because if you're not close to anyone, the further away you are from someone, the least likely you are to be compassionate towards that someone. Think about this. Notice that the Samaritan didn't ask how he got there. Mercy doesn't come with conditions. But in the 21st century social media world, if we fast forward this story to 2020 slash 2021, here's how it would have played out. Well, what is he doing on that road in the first place? Because the, I'm, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about us as believers. I'm including believers. Here's what would have happened if the world caught the news that someone was robbed on this dangerous road. This is what the world would have said. What, why was he by himself in the first place? What did he do to deserve this? What is his criminal background? Don't we need to know all these things before we exhibit mercy? And what God is showing us it's irregardless of what the man did, he needed help. And if we as believers don't understand what God is saying through blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy, the problem I believe, and this is now me on a soapbox, that I'm going to stay up there for a second and then get back down. We try to figure out who should get mercy as if it's our right to determine it. If, oh boy, I feel you, I'm an amen myself. I don't know when the last time I preached, Tiffany, but it feels good to me. Our self-righteousness leads us to believe that we are better than what we really are. I'm, boy, I'm gonna tell you and I'm gonna say this because it's been stirring and God is slowly allowing me to release it but the, the hurt, most hurtful thing as a pastor that I saw is when the saints of God was trying to determine if George Floyd actually deserved it. What is wrong with the church? Bruh, please hear my heart when I say this. Mercy is extended because God has first given it to us. That's why we extend mercy. I and you do not deserve the mercies of God. And here we are determining, dealing it out, divvying it out as if we're somebody. Debating whether we should save someone who's lost. Debating a person's rap sheet. Judging with our nose in the air. Except for the grace of any of God for any of us. This man is on a road, a dangerous road, and the Samaritan never asked how he got there. The Samaritan never asked what was his criminal record. The, the Samaritan never asked, what is it in for me? 
He extended mercy. And the church is the first to remove mercy. Our faith is that when we were yet sinners, he saved us. When we were on outside, we were Gentiles. We were the world. He beckoned us. He called us. We responded because of his mercies. Don't you fool yourself. You ain't that good. And neither am I. And when we forget our own brokenness, that's why we look with our nose up. When we forget the poor in spirit, I am bankrupt without God. We are big, man. I'm telling you, I love this church and I love God's people that he's put me in charge with. But I have to disconnect myself from social media. It's hard for me to pray for people who don't have mercy. And then God says, pray for them. Because somebody was praying for you when you didn't deserve mercy. Mercy, Nate. Mercy. We need mercy. What? Man, I got enough mercy for those who stormed capitals than the ones who turn over police cars. Mercy. 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 Blessed are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Passing out food boxes and helping the homeless. Repairing homes doesn't make us merciful. If it's within our means to do it, that doesn't mean we're merciful. And so God is just really ravaging my heart. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Are you trying to master your own misery? Or are you really trying to extend my mercy? Mercy is never convenient. Mercy is costly. And if you don't understand that, then it disqualifies us from actually receiving it and giving it merciful. Blessed are the merciful. They will be shown mercy. That's why the first four is building. The first four is just building this, this snapshot, this, this, this thing mercy is seeing. My prayer is not only for us to filter and seeing through a kingdom lens. My prayer is, Lord, open our eyes so that we can see you and we can see each other. God has placed you in the position to be his representative. Whether it's banging drums, that's not your call. Whether it's me preaching, that's not my call. My call is to, is to preach Christ crucified and to point and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And whatever platform, man, listen, we, we sometimes... Marco, we sometimes talk about the, the ones, the famous ones who fall, and we gossip about them. And we say, look at the platform, but sir, you have a platform. It may be a few hundred people. It may be 10 people. It may be just your kids, but do not abort your platform. Do not... Ah, hear me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. The, the Levite and the priest are the, those who were expected, but they didn't. I believe that God is raising up a new generation of, of a next generation, a new generation that could care less about titles. And what, what's happening is because us as the church, I'm talking about the global church and even in pockets of this church, if we continue to neglect the issue, we have the gospel. We carry the gospel to every issue. But this generation is seeing the issue without the gospel. And what we have to do is be practitioners and stop talking so much. And God is 
raising up a generation of new belief, of, 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 of leaders that first, they're just seeing. And it's like we need mercy over here, and mercy over there, and mercy over here. So what would happen if because they see Marco that we give them the gospel so they can take the gospel to the issue? The second point, mercy is being compassionate. Compassionate is feeling plus action. Time out for pity. Pity is feeling without action. Compassion is feeling plus action. Mercy isn't pity. But mercy should lead to compassion, and that leads to action. The word says that he was moved. He had Compassion. When Jesus looks over the city, he says he's moved with compassion because he sees people with, we see sheep without shepherds, no one to guide them to the Father. And he's moved. And that word for moves, it's his bowels. It moved him to his bowels. Here's, here's what he's literally saying. You ever get that stuff in your stomach that you can't let it stay there? That's how it moved Jesus. It moved him, and I'm seeing, bro, that nothing is moving the people of God. Take a step back and see what's happening and stop damning the world to hell. That's why we're here, to show them a more excellent way. Man, mercy is being compassionate. Pity is close, and it may be a start. But if it doesn't lead to anything outside of action, it's performative at best. But pastor, I mean, this, this Samaritan, he had the means and the resources, and he could help. And so I want to do things, but I don't know where to start. Start with praying. Everyone under the sound of my voice can do something. Let's go before God and ask God, what does he want us to do? Mercy is seen. Mercy is being compassionate. Verse 34, he went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Mercy responds. It may start internally, but it's exercised externally. In other words, it's practice. Mercy responds. He went over to him. This is crazy. Listen to the wording. Pouring on oil and wine. That's expensive. Then he put him on his own animal. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. Mercy responds. Listen, this church, you and I, we can't do everything. But we can do something. But it's birth and starts off with prayer. I'm so encouraged that people in this pandemic season want to start Bible studies, the people who don't go to this church and want to start prayer groups because they're responding to what they're seeing. And it just starts with seeing. Mercy is seeing. Mercy is being compassionate. Mercy responds. Verse number 36, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? 
the one who showed mercy to him. Then he said, I mean, he said, then Jesus told him, go and do the same. Mercy is often neglected because we are preoccupied with our own lives and ultimately ourselves. The mere inconvenience of ministry prevents many from using practical means of demonstrating mercy. Because you can't help anyone you don't see. You can't help anyone you can't see. For some of us, we're just too busy, we're too distracted, and we're too self-involved. I spent the first 31 days of January increasing the margins of my life because I've been living like this, on the edge. And if I want to accomplish what God has called me to do, I have to increase the margins. What do you mean by that? I have to start saying no to stuff. Everything I can't do. We have to have a church that you can pray for yourself and other people. I don't know if you know this or not, but I don't come here and levitate on Sundays. I'm not that good. I pray to the same God you pray to. But you are responsible for your own growth. We are in this together. I can't make you read your Bible. I can't make you pray. And so if we don't take responsibility, living and existing in community on mission together, and we keep depending on milk when God is trying to feed us milk, meat, that's your fault. You're 40 years in the game and still don't have a healthy rhythm of spiritual discipline. If the only time you read the Bible is when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. Okay. I'm fussing too much, man. Come on, Pastor Marlon. Just tell me. Yeah, all right, I got you. Mercy was seen, mercy is being compassionate, mercy responds, and mercy is relief. The merciful person is the one who remembers their own sin and how God forgave them and understands the weakness of others and forgives them. Mercy is relief, mercy is deliberate. Matthew chapter five, verse seven, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. This is important not to think that we can earn salvation or extra credit because the way it's worded, it sounds like it's conditional. So I give mercy and then God is merciful on me. No, it's actually reversed. God has given us mercy, <laughs> therefore we respond by actually extending mercy. Jesus is saying that forgiveness or mercy is not a condition of being forgiven, but the evidence of it. Forgiven people forgive. We don't forgive in hopes we're forgiven. Forgiven people forgives. So doing uh, first, uh, the Beatitudes 1 through 4, and now this is the fifth beatitude. Doing it doesn't earn God's mercy. News flash, none of us deserves God's mercy. But now that he's extended his 
mercy. That is how we're able to also extend mercy. Because God has forgiven me, I can forgive others who trespass against me. But when I withhold mercy, or when I don't want to forgive, I don't have a clear view of what God has done for me. Persons receiving mercy give mercy. Who are you refusing to forgive? And I don't, I don't know if they deserve it or not, but here's what I do know, Tiffany. I don't deserve mercy. And I don't deserve being forgiven. And knowing brokenness, you know, poor in spirit, spiritual bankruptcy, knowing I'm mourning over my own sins, right? And I'm mourning over the sins that people commit against me. That keeps me humble. It keeps me in the right position with God. It's humility. He resists the proud. So now I know that I can't save myself. And because of the realities of my own sin and the sin that I see, it keeps me hungry and thirsty for his righteousness. What do you want me to do? Here's what I want you to do. The mercy that you show, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those uh, who mourn. Blessed are those who are humble. Blessed are those who hunger, um, who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. So based on those four things, my relationship with God, then it's time for me to demonstrate to people God's mercy. Last week, Pastor Ramon spoke about being hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Our righteousness, your, your righteousness and mine, is just filthy rags. We cannot keep the law. I want you to hear this. But the law directs me to Christ to be justified through faith in Christ. But Christ sends me back to the law as a guide to how to live. I see the law. I can't keep the law. I keep making mistakes. I realize I need saving. It points me back to Christ. I go to Christ. He saves me. He gives me his righteousness, and he then gives me back to the law so I can see the way to live. The, the merciful, living, in a, living, living merciful is a way to live out the gospel. Who deserves to hear the gospel? The weed smoker? The murderer, all. So we don't determine who deserves to hear the message of Jesus Christ. The Beatitudes set out the blessings which God gives to those in whom his character is working out of them. This is how we live out our faith. Tuesday, we delivered groceries. We delivered groceries to two individuals, two families. One person that we delivered groceries found us on next door. She needed food. We delivered. We said a prayer. We were rushed. We had much to do. Go back on next door. And I realized that 12 hours before we responded by giving her groceries, 
that she was on there saying that she was going to kill herself. Now, none of us are savers, saviors, none of us. But I remember sitting in the car feeling as if it wasn't about the food. It was something greater. But I did not have time to sit and figure out what that was. And so when I found time, and the Lord just nudged me. He didn't beat me up. I just believe that he reminded me, not about the food. Whatever God put in your hand to do. Nate was trying to kill me yesterday. Long story. I'll talk about it another time. But when me and Nate was talking, we went like off-roading. We were talking. We just got into this, this thing about just... It's not like UNICEF or nonprofits and nonprofits. And, and there are things that we, we are doing that's nonprofit-ish, and it looks like that. But the, the thing that we carry, sweet, is the gospel. And what we need to make sure that we carry is the gospel in every area that God allows us to enter. Because if it just comes about the food or repairing the house, or whatever. We're still going to do those things. We're going to be prayed up people, but it's more than just meeting a physical need. But if we never slow down, Nate, we pat ourselves on the back for repairing, but not reconciling. See, I understand none of us have the power to do it. But here's my prayer, Tony. Lord, make us aware of it. Many of us are not even aware of the people that are hungry for what you have. And you have the hope. It's not Antoine's articulation. No, you, ma'am, Pam, you have the hope of Jesus. And people are waiting for you to show up. The school door is about to be open shortly. Our children should be prepared to be missionaries at their schools. But if we don't give God the resources that we have, then everything that we're going to be doing is going to be out of our own strength. And he didn't call us to do that. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Everybody stand. I just want you to hear this. I just want to read this to you. We've been saying it so much, I literally want us to memorize it. You don't remember everything I preach. I don't remember everything I preach. But please remember the heart of the message, the point. It's a personal prayer I want you to, I want you to sort of embrace. The point of the message is in his title. It's filters. We're, we're filters. We see based on our education, based on our environment, and based on our experience. And even in this church, we don't see everything the same. But if we're going to see through a kingdom lens, 
by the Spirit of God, then we need the Spirit of God to lead us, guide us. But we also need to have this community of believers that, that keep us focused on what God is saying. I'm going to read this one more time. I'm going to read all of them. I just want you to hear me read it. just really want you to breathe it in. I attempted to give you what I believe God has given me, but there's nothing that can replace his word. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, listen to this, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to leave the, this last verse. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled over under people's feet. I'm not going to leave on that. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is not about building our kingdom. This is not about being fancy. This is about them seeing us so they can see the Father. And that was Pastor Antoine continuing in the study of the Beatitudes. He taught us that mercy is being compassionate, mercy is seeing, and mercy responds. If you or someone you know is blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you and that friend are feeling led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. We want to welcome all of our new family members to Think Kingdom. And if you haven't, go ahead and head over to YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram and subscribe to us under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back 
hear this message, standalone messages, and many other series right here exclusively on our Thinking the Podcast.